ladies and gentlemen of Hanel Hempstead, we wish as we do once a week, we come out and we preach the Word of God and declare that God sent His Son into the world to save sinners. I want to speak to you this afternoon concerning the very fact that God knows all things and indeed that God will come, as He says in His Word, to judge all men. And I want to speak on God's judgment of sinners, but I also want to speak about God saving sinners. And we have in our reading from the Scriptures this afternoon an account of the Lord Jesus Christ. He speaks to a woman and he reveals that he knows all things from all eternity. Not only things concerning this woman, but things concerning us, our actions, our activities, the thoughts of our minds, and all conduct of our life. This is how God will judge all men, because he knows all things and he has all power. I read from the Gospel of John and the chapter... Four. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest me of to drink, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it was, that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof, himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. 
Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he who thou now hast is not thy husband, that thou sayest truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say, In Jerusalem this is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father, for ye worship not what ye know. And we worship, we know, for salvation is of the Jews. And we read, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This afternoon I wish to address you on the very fact that God knows all things. Here at this well, there was a woman that indeed went to draw water and it was a meeting that was arranged in all eternity past in the providence of God. He knew that this woman would be there. A woman who had had five husbands and the Lord knew all about her life. He knew all the details. He'd never met her. Nobody had ever told her about her to him, but he knew. And that could be said of each and every one of us. God knows our lives. The scriptures are very clear that God is what we call omniscient, that is, he knows all things. Omniscient comes from that word science, and science means knowledge. Now, God knows all things because he has decreed all things. Things happen in this world not by accident or by chance. And yet people have a will, they have a desire. We're not robots. We are made with choice. And uh, we, in our lives, make choices. Yet all of those choices are known to God. And nothing is hidden from God. Even the very activities of your life, the thoughts of your mind, these things are all known by God. Now that may be extremely hard for us to wrap our heads around, but that is the very plain teaching of the scripture. We read how Jesus knew the thoughts of men. The Lord Jesus Christ knew the hearts of men. He even spoke of his own death, how men would crucify him, and then would put him to death. Why? Because all of these things were predetermined and foreknown by God in all eternity past. It was decreed that God would send his son into the world, and by, we read in the scriptures, by the hands of wicked men, that he would be put to death by the hands of wicked men. But little did men know, they didn't know at all, but there upon the cross at Calvary, Jesus Christ would lay down his life for his people. As the Father 
God in heaven would lay the sins upon his people there and take away their punishment. And who are these people? These people are then who hear his word. He brings them into the proximity of hearing his word. And they believe by the preaching, by the work of his spirit, they come to a conviction of their sin. And they come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ who lived for them and who died for them. And I want to just consider this afternoon this woman at the well, this woman who the Lord Jesus Christ met at Jacob's well, and she marveled at the Lord Jesus. She said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. But my dear friends, the Lord Jesus is more than a prophet. The religions in this world, and I won't mention them this afternoon, but they believe that Jesus Christ is a prophet. Now, a prophet is surely somebody we know from Scripture that is given real, direct revelation from God. But Jesus Christ, my friends, is more than a prophet. He is God the Son. And uh, you see, the prophets would have to pray, but Jesus Christ did not have to pray for knowledge. The Scriptures tell us that he knew all things. He knew the hearts of men. Not one single prophet of the past, even in the Bible, would know the hearts of men. But because Jesus Christ is very God in the person of God the Son. The Scriptures tell us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And we read, And we beheld His glory, says John, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When doubting Thomas came to the Lord Jesus Christ, that was after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, who still had nail markings in his hand and his side, he said to Thomas, Come, feel, touch my hands, put your hands in my side. Thomas said, My Lord and my God. And the Lord Jesus Christ never said to him, Don't call me Lord and God. But friends, he is God the Son. And God the Son came into this world, my friends. This is the amazing thing. And he took to himself, the scriptures tell us, that God was manifest in the flesh. And he knew all things. He said to Nathaniel, he said to Nathaniel, before thou saw me, I knew thee. Lord Jesus knows all things because the Bible tells us all things are made by him and for him. And the scriptures say without him nothing was made that was made. So the Lord Jesus is no ordinary man. He is God, as Paul says, who was manifest in the flesh. And this is the only way that God can deal with sin. 
and we need to understand this, that it is impossible for man to get right with God. Look at your religion. Maybe you have a religion other than Christianity. How is it that your religion can make you right with God? Can your good works pay for all your bad works? You see, God is holy and he requires justice against sin. He requires payment and the scriptures say the wages of sin is death. Separation from God. And what the Lord Jesus Christ did for all his people, all who believe upon him, is he lived for them in that he earned a perfect righteousness. The life that we should have lived, he lived. And what did he do at the end of his life? He laid down his life, he said, for his sheep. And he says his sheep hear his voice, they come to him, and he gives them eternal life. Do take a tractor if you'd like one. We have some tracts here. Those listening, I don't always get time to stop and give one, but there are some tracts here. Please do take one if you need. Now, this woman, quite clearly, she came to realize that Jesus Christ knew all things. He said, you've had five husbands. She didn't tell him that. He knew that all about her right away. And yet he came and had this encounter with her and told her about her life. At the end of the conversation, she said, come see a man that told me all things, she said, in that very chapter that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Now the word Christ means the sent one. And that means he had to be sent from somewhere. Jesus Christ said, I am come from above. Now none of us can we say we've come from above. Has any man in this world ever said, I've come from above? If somebody walked up to you in the street and said to you, I've come from heaven, we'd have to say, he's either lost his marbles, well, or you better prove it. My friends, by the very life that the Lord Jesus Christ lived, he proved that he's come from heaven and that he is God the Son. The miracles that he was able to perform, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind, knowing all things about this woman. He is God the Son who knows all things intimately, every detail, every thought, the scriptures say there's nothing hidden from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And my friends, you know, we can't escape that fact. We try to hide things that we've done in our lives and, uh, as it were, put them in a closet somewhere and forget about them. But there's, we can't do that with God. All things are known by him. Every detail I even hear sometimes people who say they're not Christians and they say something like this, God knows my heart, don't you judge me? Well, the reality is he does know your heart. He does know everything about you. And sin is not excused. And coming back to my original point, 
You see, whatever religion you might have, you need to realize that there is only one way that a sinner could ever be reconciled to a holy God. And that is because whatever religion man might choose, and I'm speaking here of the religions of this world, they can't save him. Because those religions, whatever they be, require good works. And friends, a man's good works never attain to God's righteous standards. And how do you know whether you'll ever do enough to earn God's favor? You say you can't. The Lord Jesus Christ could say this. He said these words, I always do those things that please my Father. And none of us, my friends, can say that about ourselves. Have we loved God perfectly? Of course, the answer is no. Can we love God perfectly in this life as sinners? Of course, the answer again is no. Because you are born in sin and you can't pay for your past. It's impossible. You know, I like to use this illustration sometimes. The Bible tells us, though our sin be as scarlet, we need to understand that word in Isaiah, that word scarlet, it has to do with how they would dye red garments. And that dye was taken from a worm, and uh, a silkworm, and they would crush it, and it would stain that garment. And that garment is very good dye. You couldn't wash it out. And that's really what sin has done. Sin has stained our lives. We have a bad record. And uh, that record stands. But what the Lord Jesus has done on behalf of his people is he has dealt with the debt of that record. And he has taken away the iniquity. There upon the cross at Calvary, he took away the iniquity of his people. Sin, punishment for sin, was met out on the very person of the Lord Jesus. So that the sinner who believes upon the Lord Jesus must know this, that God has cast his or her sins, the Bible says, as far as the east from the west. East and west cannot meet. And therefore, a sinner's sins cannot meet upon him again. If Christ has dealt with those sins, sin cannot meet upon that person again. Of course, sins will be committed in this life. But the Christian must know this, that he has peace with God. And the righteous life that Christ lived on their behalf is given to their account. And so the Lord Jesus, knowing all things about this woman, came to her at this well on this day and uh, said to her, the water that I give, that is, he was speaking of his spirit, we read later on, shall lead to eternal life. And God, you know, when he saves you, he grants you his spirit in his life. 
and uh, it's likened to water. She came to water to the well for water to drink, to satisfy the body. But you know, as he said to her, this water cannot satisfy the soul. And the real satisfaction that the Lord Jesus Christ brings to a sinner in this life is satisfaction of soul. Knowing that it is right with God in your life now and you desire to please this Lord and this God. You want to live for Him. You want to honor Him in this life. You want to please Him. And you have peace. So you see, if you know you're going to die today, the Christian can say, I have peace with God. And God now becomes your life and your joy. And this woman obviously was taken up, so taken up with the Lord Jesus that we read here that she left her water pot behind at the well. She forgot really what she came for because she was so filled with the Lord Jesus, so taken up with the wonder of this person and all that he is. And let me say this is this is really what it is to be a Christian. To think of the amazing love of God in which he loved sinners with so much that he would become man. Think of it, the very creator should become man. The God who in all eternity past did not have a body, that he should become like unto one of his creatures and then suffer and die in the place of all whom he would save and come to them personally and individually and speak in their hearts by his spirit. Convict them of their sin. This woman was obviously very convicted of her sin. We read here, he tells her that she's had five husbands. Now, in the Jewish culture, there would be culture that would be extremely, um, I suppose, embarrassing. You know, if you committed adultery, uh, the offense was stoning. And this woman, five husbands she's had, an unclean woman, and she doesn't make excuse for her sin. And you know, I'm, I'm afraid that's the culture in which we live in. That's the age in which we live in. People excuse their sin. They blame other people for the wrong things that they've done. But not this woman. It seems to me she acknowledges what the Lord has to say about her. And that is true for all of God's people. They stop making excuses for sin in their life. And they're humbled that God has done such a thing that he came into the world to live for sinners and then to die in the place of his people. And they believe upon him. You see, this is the amazing thing. This is why the Apostle Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in anything else but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, isn't it amazing that a spotless God of all majesty should come into this world 
and should be the one who would give his life for unworthy sinners. I think that's amazing. The Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, that he should lay down his life for his friends. And you know, Abraham believed in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. Father Abraham knew the promise that was even given to Adam and Eve right in the Garden of Eden there in Genesis 3.15 after they had sinned that God would send the seed of the woman into this world. Jesus Christ who would be born of a virgin conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that is how we know for certain that Jesus Christ is of God. He had no earthly father. Joseph, of course, was his stepfather, his earthly father, but not by natural biological birth. And as God promised, even in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, hundreds of years, my friends, those of you listening there, hundreds of years before the Lord Jesus Christ would come into the world, that he would be given that name, Emmanuel, which is God with us. And that's who was with this woman at the well, God the Son, sent by the Father, so that he could say, I'm come from above to do my Father's will. And his Father's will is that he should die for his people and that his people should come in the remit of hearing his word and should believe upon him. The unbeliever, of course, will scoff at these things and they will pick the religions of this world, the man-made religions. My friends, this is why we reject the Jehovah's Witnesses because they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And other religions too, they deny the deity of the Lord Jesus. He is God in the flesh. We have on record in John 5, 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And Jesus Christ is God the Word, yet became flesh. The Word spoke and created the heavens and the earth. And he died for his people. You have heard his word today, preached. This woman heard his word. And she said, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. And God knows all things that you've ever done and that I've done. And friends, that ought to make us shudder with great fear and tremble that we either stand before God as our judge or we flee to Christ by his grace as our refuge. And that's what this woman, I believe, did. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Do you know him? Not just in word, friend, but in relationship. Are your sins forgiven? 
you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus. I see a few people waiting. I'd like to speak to you this afternoon. I'll be giving out tracts as well. And uh, please do come and visit us at the church. We have a service this coming Lord's Day morning and also in the evening. We meet on the corner of Lower Road and Red Line Lane, just a little way outside of Hemel Hempstead, uh, probably about a mile away. And that's in the Nash Mills area. And we're very glad to see you if you come along. I'm the pastor of the local church here in Hemel Hempstead. We'd be very glad to tell you more about Jesus Christ, who is the only Savior. The scriptures say there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Well, I bid you a good day. Please do take a tract and we'd love to see you. Thank you for listening.